And so please don't forget that he has to do that. The scripture we're going from today is taken in, uh, from Matthew chapter 16. And I'm going to read from verse 13 through 19. It says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist. And some, Elijah. And others, Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. Or they're really not sure. That's just me, okay? But Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, just to Peter, to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I, say, I, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Question today is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? So all kinds of arguments around the world as to who Jesus is. That's the main question for mankind. For some, Jesus was a good man. For others, Jesus was a good teacher. I wonder why they don't listen to his teaching. If he was that a good teacher and a good man, listen to what he had to say. For others, well, he was one of the prophets. He started a, one, a religion. And that's Christianity. It was just one of the prophets. Now, I wonder why Jesus asked that question. Why would he want to know what people were thinking about him? Did he really care about what others were saying about him? Didn't he know exactly what they were saying about him? I'm sure he knew. He wasn't after what others were saying about him. He was after what you say about him. That's the most important thing. Whether you know who he is. Who do you say Jesus is to you? Do you truly recognize who you're dealing with? Do you fully understand when you come to church who you came to worship? Do you really get who he really is? You know, I can see Peter, as they were given the answer, he wasn't saying anything. They're kind of mad inside. They're saying, John the Baptist. No, that's in his heart now. That's, not, that's a lie. He's not John the Baptist. We know John the Baptist. Right? Elijah, no. He wasn't listening to it. He wouldn't have that. There was something in Peter. He knew better than that. 
He knew better than all of that they were saying. I mean, he was quiet in his mind. I'm, if they give me a chance, I'll let them know who he is. I know who he is. He's not Elijah. He's not one of the prophets either. And as soon as Jesus said, but who? He came up with his answer. Because he was born in inside of him. He had to let it out. He had to let it out. If you know who Jesus is, you can keep it in. It's hard to keep it in. You want, it, you want to let it out. As soon as Jesus said, who do you... He gave no other fellow a chance. He came up with the answer, you are the Christ. And not just the Son of God, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the living God. He's not a dead God. He's not the God of the mountains. He is the living God. You are the Christ. We are following you because we recognize who you are. You are not from here. You are from heaven. You are from heaven. He recognized who Jesus is. The question is, do you know who he is? Is it just something that you've been told? Is this something that everybody else is doing, so I'm going to go and I'm going to join something you really don't know? Because when you get to know Jesus, you came but abandoned everything and follow Him. Totally. These men left everything. They left their business. Their source of living. They didn't ask, how are we going to eat? They knew, Peter knew. When you get to know Jesus, who he really is, you are not careful about your life anymore. You're throwing your life into his hands. And you're going wherever he's going. You are staying with him. You sleep with him. Everywhere he goes, you listen to him. It's a joy to hear his voice. You stay with him through thick and thin. Doesn't matter when things are going well. If things are not going well, doesn't matter. You just want to be with him. And Peter recognized that. I know where you came from. I'm going to stay with you. I don't want to listen to all these stupid, crazy talks about he is Elijah. I know who he is. I know who he is. And Jesus replied straight, quickly. Straight to him. He said, Simon, son of Jonah, flesh and blood, did reveal this to you? It was my heavenly Father that should, that revealed me to you. Simon, Son of Jonah. I know many of us have heard what the meaning of the word Simon is. I hear he's a reed, you know. How many have heard that? Read. No, no. The meaning of the word Simon is, listen. One that hears and one that obeys. That's what it is. That's the meaning of the word Simon. Simon means Simon, son of Jonah. Jonah is the one that was asked for. That's the meaning of that. Simon means, the word Simon means one who hears, 
one who obeys. That's Simon. He heard from the Father. Amen. My, his, the Father revealed His Son to him. And he obeyed. He heard. You know, Jesus said in his word, No man can come to me except the heavenly Father draws him. He says, everyone who learns from the Father comes to me. Whether you are a Muslim, if you have a heart for God, you really want to know God. Whether you are a Hindu, you really want to know the true God. That's who you really want to serve. I remember as a young man, and I've shared this, you know, with my family, we go out and, and they're worshiping idols. I know we don't do that in America. We just worship Wall, Wall Street, okay? Uh, but um, that's what we worship. But uh, in my country, when I was growing up, we worshipped idols. And, and I remember, I've said it here, I go with my, my mother and a group of us, and we're worshipping the idols. And, and, and they say, kneel down, kneel down. And then we kneel before this idol. is a carved wood. The nose is crooked and all of that. He don't have good eyes because the one who carved it didn't do a good job. And the mouth is twisted to the other side. And they tell us, that's the God. I say, he doesn't look like God. He sure doesn't look like God. And he can't help us. His hands are stiff. He, I mean, he can't move. Why would you pray to him? He can't help himself. How, how can he help me? But the adults were doing it. The adults were worshiping. And I thought, well, I guess, I, let me tell you what I enjoyed. I didn't enjoy any of that stuff. Because I wasn't praying for him. I, told him I wasn't a Christian. But there was something in me that knew that's not God. Just like Peter, he's not John the Baptist. I knew that that's not God. He can't do anything. He can't even see. How can he help me? And they put the animal blood, you know, and all of that stuff. Those of you from Africa, you know what they do. They kill the chicken or they kill the bull and stuff. And I said, let's get through with this, your worship of this stuff that looks so crooked. Let's get to the food. I like that. I like that. Like the smell of the roasted goats. It's great. But that God is not a God. But there's something inside of you that tells you, I want to serve the real God. The true God. So whether you are a Muslim, doesn't matter. If you really want to know Him, God will reveal Himself. Now I've read, you can read in the, in, on the internet, Muslims are crying out and they are saying they are seeing visions of Jesus. I feel like dancing. I'm telling you. They are seeing, Muslims are seeing visions of Jesus. And they are saying, hey, we can't tell our parents. We can't say anything about this. But no, we know about this Jesus. We are afraid because they'll kick us out if we serve him. And some of them, some of us, we watched the video of, of uh, children. I mean, a girl, a Christian girl being killed by the Muslim. And the Muslims are amazed because they're stoning them to death. And the Christians are just sitting there, not running, not resisting. And they're saying, this is bigger than Sharia. This, we don't understand this. Because I saw a video with my own eyes back there of a girl, they were digging a grave. It's a Christian girl. She sat down there watching them as they were digging a grave because they put a barrier in the grave. Some of us, the men were, you saw it, but I did. The men, they said, we can't see this. We can't watch it. They put her in the grave. I mean, they dug the grave and she, she waited for them to get, get through and she took her shoes off 
and went into the grave by herself. And they buried her. He, he, she, she was looking and they stoned her head off. Then she died. She had no, no fear. Just peace. Jesus. Choose peace. When you know Jesus, there is no fear of anything. There is nothing to fear. Satan will tempt you with fears, usually about things of life. You're not going to make it. Your bills are not going to be paid. You're feeling really bad. God has abandoned you. All of that kind of stuff. But God loves and He cares. So He revealed Himself to Peter. <coughs> Excuse me. And Peter said, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And he told him what's going to happen. He changed his name. He changed his name. This is something with God. When you get to meet him and really know him, he changes you. They may still call you Michael, but you're not really Michael anymore. He's going to change your name. I'm telling you. He's changed you. Something changes from inside. That's what happened with Peter. Peter is just like the rest of us. Even though the Bible says he hears and listens, but you, you've read in the scriptures, he's so quick to let you, let you know what he's thinking. Whether you care, whether he hurts you or not, he doesn't care. That's the way he was. I mean, he would speak out real quickly. He was shifting. That's the way sin has made us. Sin can destroy. Sin is very destructive. Sin is evil. Jesus said you were, you were Simon, but now you are going to be called Peter. He didn't happen, but you can follow his life. From that very day, as he followed what God showed him, slowly but surely, he became that rock of a man in the name of Jesus that could challenge the authorities. He challenged them. The same people that killed his master, he was able to challenge them. He said, let me tell you, if we would rather listen to God than to listen to you. Uh, we can't but tell what, God, what our eyes have seen and what we have heard. You can't stop us. And if you want to kill me, I'll get killed. But before then, he denied Jesus. He said, I don't know him. But when he became the rock that God spoke to him. After he had gotten the revelation. When he became that, couldn't move the guy. History tells us, he said, crucify me upside down. I don't want to be crucified up like my master, but no fear. He was afraid of just a little girl. But when his destiny was fulfilled, he was afraid of no one. You may start walking with Jesus today, and your past is all over your body and telling you, Satan would say you, you're so out of it. You've messed up your life. And some of you watching by television, you might also feel that way. My life is no good. Why would God want to make me solid? Why would God even accept me? I've been rejected most of my life. My parents, they not well towards me. That's what sin does. 
But that's not God's original intent. God's purpose. That wasn't God's purpose. I read in um, Isaiah 46, verse 10. Can you put that up, please? Isaiah 46, verse, verse 10. And God is saying from His Word, Declaim the end from the beginning. God declares the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, He speaks of things that are going to be done. Things that are not yet done. That's God. And God says, My purpose, and another translation, My counsel shall stand. My purpose, my original intent will stand. And I'll do what I please. That's God. I'll do what I please. My original intent for your life will stand. Let me tell you this. God himself, your future is his past. Can I say that again? Your future is God's past. He said he knew the end from the beginning. You were just born to live it out. Let me tell you this again. God is committed to his purpose, his original intent for your life. God's committed. To his original intent for your life. He's committed even to the point of death. To make sure you have a good life. Question is, are you committed to it? Are you committed to that? Your destiny is guaranteed by God. God says, I knew you before your mother conceived you. Well, if he knew you, and he said in Jeremiah, you know, the 29, 11, I know my thoughts, my plans towards you. How could it be bad? He's sin that's destroying our destiny. It's not God. It's sin. But even with all of that, if you really want to serve God and you really want to know who God is, that's your desire. He will reveal Himself to you. He will reveal Himself to you. But you really want, you really want to, you really will, really from your heart, you want that for yourself. Until that's a passion for you, I want to know who this God is. God may not reveal Himself for you. You may never find your destiny in God. And it wasn't God's fault. You just didn't want it. God is committed to your destiny. The problem is, are you committed to that same destiny? Because when you are committed to God, you commit yourself to His destiny. You see, Peter was committed to this thing that God had revealed to him. Peter was. You can read in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus was saying, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. You remember that scripture? <laughs> than for a rich man. 
to enter into the kingdom of God. And Peter was saying, what's the rich man? We all got something. <laughs> I, I want to get in that thing. I want to get in this kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. That's what we're talking about. Kingdom kids, we're coming to it. The kingdom of heaven. Peter wanted to get in. And when they heard that, they were alarmed. They had Jesus with them. And still they were alarmed that maybe, maybe for a chance, there's a chance they may not be able to enter. And they said, who then can be saved? How? And Jesus said, with man, it's impossible. <laughs> but with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. And then Peter began to say, that wasn't good enough for Peter. He's got to be in this thing. He said, now look, in, look, Lord, we left everything to follow you, okay? Basically, Peter, I like him, okay? I want to be sure. We left everything to follow you. So, tell me, am I part of this? What would, you, what would we get from this? And Jesus gave him his reply, and he was satisfied. There's got to be a passion. To serve God. Otherwise, it's just going to church. Until you feel that passion in you that transforms your life. Maybe you have never really got to know Him. I know, and I've said this here, I, I, I thank the people of the West that brought the gospel to us. Risking, spending their money, coming and sharing the word of God with us. And then I received Christ. Oh, best day. The day I gave my life to Jesus. Oh, it was a wonderful day for me. I mean, I can't tell you. It's like you lost your mind. It was so good. It was so good. Everything was beautiful. I was saying, look at the flowers. They were there already. I just could see everything. Everything was different. I loved everybody. Even if, though, especially those I witnessed, so they insulted me a lot. I mean, they cursed me out for the most part. But I loved them. I loved them. I still love them. I loved them. I wanted to go to heaven. I, I, I saw myself in heaven. It's so beautiful. And that transformed my life. I didn't need all those things that I used to go out to do. I needed them. <laughs> Somebody said, you want a beer? I said, no, I'm not suffering. I didn't get it. So you want a beer? No, I'm not suffering. Only people who are having a hard time, they need that. I don't need that. I got my own beer inside. It's working for me. Amen. I don't need that stuff. The high is inside. It's working inside. It's from heaven. You want it? I'll give it to you. Just pray with me, okay? But that's what Jesus means. When you get to know Him as your Lord and Savior, there's no going back. Let me say this. <coughs> back in Genesis, please understand God's original intent for your life. Back in Genesis, you will find, without a doubt, you know, God doesn't change His mind. Amen? God does not, He never changes His mind. His original intent, his purpose is still the same. When God created the world, the earth, you can read from Genesis 11. God creates stuff, especially after he has created everything, the firmament, the earth, separate. God created 
calling things from what already he's created. I said that to us before. In Genesis 11, I mean at 1 verse 11, God said, let there be. That's important because we're coming to that. What you let be in your life is what you got. Because you were created in this image. What you let be in your life is what God's going to give to you. That's what happened. He says, read the scripture. Let there be. That's the way God starts in His Word. Everything that God created. First, He spoke to the earth. And He said, let trees and grass grow on the earth. Right? Let there be. And it was. They were taken from the earth. And they stay on the earth. And then he spoke to the sea. He says, let there be living creatures in the sea. Living creatures. And they were. And they live in the sea. That's where they are comfortable, right? But God called them out of the sea. When God spoke, he spoke to the sea to get the living creatures. To the earth, he speaks to the earth to get the creatures on the earth. The animals, he speaks to them. He speaks to what's already there and he gets it, gets whatever he wants. He spoke to the firmament. He spoke to the stars, right? And he says, separate the night from the day. So you stay there, star, and, and they're up there, right? And that's where they're comfortable. That's where they do their job. But when God was to, going to create man, guess what he did? He spoke to himself. Because we are supposed to be taken out of him, right? Just like the animals from the earth. And when the animals die, they go back. But we're going to live on the earth. So he gave us some part of the earth. And that part goes to the earth. But the real part that came from him goes back to him. But when he created us, you can read in John, I mean Genesis 1 verse 26. It was clear there. He says that let's make man in our own image, right? In our likeness. Did you know you are in God's likeness? Every time Satan sees you, he sees God and he's mad. Hello? You just look like him. You look too much like him. Especially when you are drawing closer to God. You're looking more like him and you're getting him madder and madder. He's so angry at you. Every time he sees you come in, he says, here comes trouble. What is he planning to do now? You better not tell anybody about this. You're Jesus. I don't want more like you. Damn. But that's what happened. We were made in his own image. In his likeness. And God says, what I want them to do is to have a kingdom on the earth. Hallelujah. I want them to have a kingdom on the earth. Let them rule. We were created to rule. Alongside with God. Amen. We are His children alongside with Him. We walk together. Remember God was coming to the earth. And He says, I put you in this little garden. I want you to spread the garden around the world. Fill the earth and govern the earth. Rule. That was God's original intent. And that has not changed. 
That has not changed. That has not changed. It's just a sin. That's how devastating sin is. Change everything. Change everything. Destroyed everything. One sin. Just one sin. Destroyed everything. But God is in the business of restoration. Amen. And no matter what you've lost, no matter how badly Satan has destroyed your life, God's able to fix it. God's able to fix it. He sent His Son to fix your life. He sent Him to fix your life. And Peter recognized it. Amen. Peter recognized it. And so he told him, upon this rock, that confession that you just made, everyone that believes the same way you believe, is going to be Peter. <laughs> Amen? I know we call just that one Simon Peter. But we have another Peter in Paul, right? Can you see Peter in Paul? Strong. You know the meaning of the word Paul? Love that man. Paul means small. He changed his name. You know, King Saul, as the one they wanted, they prayed, they wanted the king, that Saul, that was Saul. And Saul, that's Apostle Paul. But Paul knew scriptures. He knew when you humble yourself, his name means humble. Paul means humble, small. When you humble yourself, God lifts you up. And Paul says, notice it wasn't Jesus. Paul says, I don't want to be called Saul anymore. Call me the small one. Amen? Call me the small one. Call me the humble one. The Corinthians says, His presence is so slight. But his letters are, we- his letters are so weary. Because they are written of the Holy Spirit. When it's coming from the Holy Spirit, He's weary. Small, but great. With the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus did with Peter. You're Simon, but I'm going to call you Peter. I'm going to call you the rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Let me say this to you. When you receive Christ as your Savior, a church is started in you. You are that rock. Amen? Any one of us can start a little group. Amen? When we gather together, that's the church, right? Even if it's two or three. Well, we like to call this place the church, okay? Just have some church in your home. Amen? Amen. Coming from you. Get them also. Amen? And you, build that church. Let him build the church. Notice the gates of hell, it is, the gates of hell will not prevail. 
No matter what the enemy does, he will never prevail against your life if you know Jesus and you know who Jesus is. He can prevail against your finances. He cannot prevail against your family. He cannot prevail against your marriage. He cannot prevail against your health. He cannot prevail. The gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Never. When you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the gates of hell cannot prevail unless you allow it. Unless you allow it. That's part of the keys of the kingdom. I feel like shouting. That's part of the keys of the kingdom. And it's given to us. Why? Because we know who Jesus is. And we have accepted who He is. And we've said, I want Him in my life. I want to go with Him. Wherever He goes, that's where I'm going. If He goes into a hole, I'm crawling with Him. I'm going to stay with this Jesus wherever He goes. If He dies, I'm dying with Him. And we did die with Him. You go with Him. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. Satan will come and twist your life, cause you rejection from the world. You've been hurt, all of that, against your life. You've done certain things, and you're thinking, well, I've done this to myself. Why would God... He still loves you. He was sent to fix you. He was sent to fix you. Why don't you make yourself available so He can fix you? He's able to fix you. He said, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. That whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth is lost in heaven. And I said, the word bind in our time, we always think about that. I bind you, Satan, right? I bind you, always Satan stuff. Oh, well, it's more than that. Whatever you allow on earth, I will allow in heaven. Remember this scripture? And we'll come into this. Pray this way. Our Father, we shall in heaven. Hallowed be your name. What? What? You guys are so smart. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thy kingdom. And what else? Thy will be done on earth. His will is never done on earth. In your life. In your finances. In your marriage. In area of life, His will is never done until you allow it. Whatever you allow on the earth, that's what Abraham says, yes. Some of us know where we're going. If you keep staying with the bottle, we know what's going to happen to you. You've determined your destiny. We know what's going to happen. Smoking, if you keep smoking and you smoke, I mean, three packets a day, we all know where your destiny is going to be. 
will be visiting you in the hospital after a while. You determine your destiny by what you choose. By what you choose. Five packets a day, we know what's going to happen. And you know what's going to happen. You're even expecting it. And so when you feel that, you know. You determine it. You can turn away from it. The same thing with heaven and hell. You know where you're going. You can make the choice. It's really up to you. You can make that choice. God has sent His Son to free us. It's never God's will for anyone to perish and to go to hell. He wants the best for every human. He wants the best for you. And He's on your side and wants the best for you. I give you the keys of the kingdom. Let me say this. Not everything that's happening on earth. Let me put it in another way. God's not the one ruling on the earth. God's not the one ruling on the earth. His kingdom is different. You know, you read in, I believe it's in Luke chapter 19. It says the kingdom of God, it, it said the kingdom is like a nobleman who went into a far country to receive a kingdom. So Jesus is here with the kingdom of God, enlisting people to be a part of the kingdom of God. And if you read in First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, I believe verse 24, there's going to come a time when Jesus himself, he says, at the end, Jesus will deliver the kingdom to the Father, his Father. And put an end to every authority and every rule. There's just going to be one at the very end. So there is still other authority. And you can check this, First, first Corinthians 15 verse 24. That's exactly what's going to happen. God, Jesus will then deliver the kingdom that he came to the earth to receive, to give his life for. And that's you and I. He delivers everything back to the Father. But meanwhile... God still allowing other authorities. And what authority you allow over your life, that's what's going to govern your life. That's what's going to govern your life. I'm going to close with this. It's Luke chapter 16, verse 16. Please put that scripture up. Don't know what time it is. I really don't care. <coughs> the law and the prophets were before John. Since then, since that time, the kingdom of God is being preached. And everyone is what? Pressing in. Pressing in. Pressing in. Since that time, everyone is pressing in. If you don't press in, you never get in. You see, this lazy type of Christianity where, you know, I do some here and, and some little good over there and I'm in church once in a while and all of that stuff, it's not going to cut it. People are pressing in. They are giving their lives for the kingdom. People are dying for the kingdom of God. From the days of John the Baptist, 
the Bible says everyone is pressing in. And you're still double-minded. Wondering, whether should I go in? Should I not? Should I go in? I'm not sure about this. Will God take that stuff from me? Well, I don't know. No. They are pressing in. They are pressing in. This is Jesus speaking. They are pressing in. If you don't press in, you may never enter. And pressing in is getting to know who Jesus is. And embracing Him. Even if no one goes with you, you are willing to go. I have decided I will follow Jesus. I will follow Jesus. I have decided I'm following Jesus. I'm pressing after Him. I'm going in. No one is stopping me. I'm going to... Even if no one goes with me, I'm still going. I'm going, doesn't matter. I'll put everything down. From the time of John the Baptist, it says the prophets, the Lord and the prophets, they wanted John. And from that time, the kingdom of God is being preached. And if you read in, in, in Matthew chapter 13, everyone who hears the words of the kingdom... He's, he came to obtain the kingdom for his father to pay the price with his own blood and he's enlisting people to come into the kingdom when God opens your eyes and you know who Jesus is you fall in love with him there is no separation who can separate us from the love of Christ there is no separation no one you are not willing to be separated not even death will separate you. When you get to know the love of Christ, and you get, when He's revealed to you, there is no going back. There is no begging me to go to church. I know who I'm going to worship. I'm pressing in. Even if no one goes with me, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'll serve Him. I will serve Him. Even if I have to suffer. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> I think we'll say, no pain, no gain. Sometimes serving God is not the, not the most fun thing to do. But the gain, the gain is so great. So great, brothers and sisters. So great, so great. No looking back. No looking back. I believe it's, is it Luke? Let me check that scripture. Luke, um, at Luke chapter 9, um, verse 62. Luke 9, verse 62. It says, everyone who puts his hand, no one having put his hand on the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. When you begin to follow, you don't look back. You know, notice it says, if you look back, no, looking back, you're not fit. God's looking for those who are fit for the kingdom. And those who are fit are ready to go, they are throwing themselves in all the way. No holding back. No little thing there that I'm doing on my own. 
that you know is not Christian and is destroying your life. None of that stuff. You repent from it and you're going back to the Savior. We are all not perfect. But those things cause us problems. And when we turn away from them, when we repent, we turn back to God. God heals us and makes us whole. So we can better hear Him and listen to Him. My sheep hear my voice. If you put your hand on the plow and you keep looking back, you'll become a pillar of salt. You know that scripture, right? You'll become a pillar of salt. There's no movement after that. Because you're looking back to your old life. You're looking back. This is the time to throw yourself all the way. And who I'm going to serve God. Doesn't matter who likes me and who doesn't like me. Doesn't matter what they gossip about me. Doesn't matter. I'm just going to serve God. I just want to love God. That's what's important for me. I just want to love the Father. I want to honor the Father. Because Jesus gave himself. Jesus tells us in, in, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, Anyone who confesses me before men, I will confess before my Father in heaven. And before the angels in heaven. But if you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. When God is ashamed of you in heaven, you got no grace over your life. Because you are, unaf- you are afraid to let people know you identify with Jesus. That's all. Many of us are still like that in the church. We are worried about what people think. We won't identify with Him. Come out and give your life to Christ. No, I don't want to do that. I wonder what they'll think about me. I wonder if they think if I'm doing something bad. Well, we're all doing something bad. Okay? Get over it. Get over it. I'm going to Jesus. I'm going to Jesus. Whether someone goes with me or not, I don't care. I'm going with to Jesus. With that, let me invite you. Many times we say, close your eyes. I don't want to do that. Not today. If you want to go with Jesus, come and join me here. I'm going. If you want to go with Jesus, stand up, come and join me here. Stand up, every one of you. I'm not suggesting. If you want to go with Jesus, stand up, come and join me here. Come and join me here. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. This is the time that God is accepting. Join me here. I'm going to follow my Jesus. Even if no one goes with me, I'm going alone. Doesn't matter. I've been there. In my family, I was there. I came out of them. My brothers, they were really rough on me. I had to move from home. It was painful sometimes. When to hear them say bad things about me. For no reason but because I go to church. But that all changed. Amen. They are all in church. You know, we practice polygamy. Please, don't, don't even think of it, okay? Don't even think of it. Okay. In Africa, they practice polygamy. But Jesus has transformed all my brothers. And uh, I heard somebody say, please, let me tell this story, okay? I heard somebody say, say, somebody that Angela and I knew over here in the United States from Nigeria, where we're from, 
and uh, he wanted a second wife. And I'm thinking, he lives in America and he wants a second wife. What's the matter with him? How is he going to conceal this? Hey, you go to jail here. That's bigamy, right? He was going to jail and he was determined. An angel and I were praying with his wife, remember? He was frightening. So I thought, well, I'm from a polygamous home. I wonder what my brothers are thinking. So I called one of my brothers and I said, Hey, Lawrence, are you now thinking of your second wife? He says, are you crazy? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Haven't you seen the wickedness this thing is done in our house? We're not going there. He said, look at all your brothers. No one of them is attempting to go there. Because Jesus has done a work. Amen? They know the truth. They know the truth. When we give ourselves to Jesus, He changes us. Amen? And that's what we're doing this morning. I'm glad that all of us are here. We're all together. We want to serve Him. Let me let you know this. You have video camera and you take video pictures. Let me tell you this. What's happening here Heaven has the record of it. That's the truth. Heaven has the record of it. That you came out here. Nobody dragged you here. You came on your own, right? Heaven has a record of it. Every time Satan tells you, you are not following Jesus the way you should be following, ask him, how do you follow? Do you know how to follow him? Hello? And tell him of this day. Amen? Amen. He remembers. Heaven will never forget. Can we all lift our hands up to God this morning? And he is here with us. We will talk about the keys of the kingdom next week. (laughs) We just talked about the kingdom today. Amen? Let's lift our hands up to him. Let's just worship him because now... Just by your movement, you made your statement. Amen? You made your statement. And he is accepted because you came up. That was belief and action. And so let's worship him. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you because we have decided we will follow Jesus. We will live for Jesus. We will love Jesus. We will go where he goes. We will serve Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Everyone, I know we all, most of us are saved here, but let's say that prayer, especially for those that may be making that bold statement by coming out this morning. Let's say it to the Father, okay? Let's say it to the Father. He pleases him just to hear us Say that, that yes, we have accepted the sacrifice. Yes, we have accepted His Son. We didn't reject His Son that He sent to us. We received Him. We received Him. And that's pleasing to Him. Let's, let's pray together. Father, thank You for sending Your Son, Jesus, into the world for my life. Jesus, welcome I welcome you into my life. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Enable me to serve you with all of my heart.
with all of my mind, with all of my strength. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me into your kingdom this very day. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, let's give him a clap often. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let me say this. In uh, Matthew 4, verse 23, it says, Jesus went from city to city, preaching the good news, the gospel, the words of the kingdom, healing every sick person, healing every diseased person. And then again in Matthew chapter 9 verse 35. See, Jesus went all over Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Gospel of what? The kingdom. Healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Not just physical sickness, emotional sickness, If you have been abused in the past and it's still affecting your life, you're not alone. You're not alone. There is that wound there. And the enemy keeps scratching it. This demon's forces keeps scratching, making it difficult for you. But today, you can get your healing. Why? Because Jesus is here with us. Don't do this. God, give it to me now. No. Just receive it. Amen? Just receive. God wants to heal. I will be here. My wife will be here. Prayer partners are here. If you need healing, I can guarantee you. I came this morning thinking, God wants to heal everybody. God wants to heal everybody. And God wants to make us well. God wants to make us well. I don't care if you have cancer. It doesn't matter what it is. God can heal you. And heal you now. Amen? Amen. Let's receive our healing. I believe in divine health. Divine health, so I'm not weak. Because by his stripes, I was healed. And if I was healed, then I am healed. Then if I'm healed, then I'm well. As simple as that. And God can do it. Let's lift our hands up and receive our healing this morning. We're going to pray. No matter what the pain is, no matter what the sickness is, after our prayer, please put your faith in action. Act on your faith, okay? If your back was hurting, don't hesitate. Immediately bend. You won't feel the pain. Don't even think it. The pain will be gone, amen? Uh, If your shoulder is hurting, like I like to do, swing it, amen? And you won't feel the pain. If I know what was going on, I'd probably go there and pull your hand. There's no pain. Amen? There's no pain. So let's pray and receive our healing. Lord, we thank you because you came to heal us. You came to heal us, oh God. You came to heal us. You went about doing good. Healing all who were oppressed by the enemy. I come against every sickness, every disease. I come against every pain by the power of the blood of Jesus. 
I command the pain to leave in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. I heal by the power of the Holy Spirit every sickness, every disease, every pain, every condition. In Jesus' name, I command these conditions to in themselves. In Jesus' name, right now, in the name of Jesus, you're healed. By the power of the name of Jesus, you're healed. Now let's thank God for healing us. Let's thank Him. Appreciate that. Thank you. Lift your hand. Tell Him with your mouth, thank you for healing me.